All right, it's early Tuesday morning? Yeah. Tuesday morning, we're down here at San Diego BMX. I'm getting set up for camp. Tyler's doing his day-to-day, -day, and we thought we would uh, bang out a quick Worlds After podcast. Yeah, podcast time. What did you, uh, obviously everyone was talking online, we're all watching it, we're all trying to get the passwords and the scam to, <laughs> to actually get to watch it, but uh, we finally got to watch it. I actually took your tip and did the v vpn blocker yeah i did yeah. the vpn blocker in in uh, wherever it was so africa from india yeah india <laughs> and uh, we actually got a really good connection and and woke up at 3 a.m and watched it and thoroughly enjoyed it yeah man let's let's get into it who who podiumed who should have podiumed <laughs> who got covid who didn't who, what like the whole scoop <laughs> all right well i don't even know where to start uh, I, I guess the elite man oh the track and everything well i guess we're get too into it. everybody's kind of saw the same i think everybody as always yeah. anything in france is great right yeah i think i mean the event as a whole looked amazing man the track i think in my opinion it it seemed more tame than what i would have expected for a track in france i think obviously the those guys are a little bit more on the technical side. So my guess is they kind of tamed it down because they're having the world championships there. They didn't go overboard. Mm -hmm. The track looked great. The venue, the weather looked great. And mm -hmm. the stands, I mean, that's all you heard from everybody is how amazing and electric the stands were. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the one thing that's always cool about the world championship is mm -hmm. as a rider, you really feel like a rock star. And with that, with the French country, how they were as a whole, I'm sure it was amazing to be there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you can go back into... I'm trying to think of the first Worlds in France it was 91. I don't think they had one in the 80s. They had a FIAC Worlds. Uh, the first probably legit Worlds was 90 or 91, which was in Marseille, France. Actually the same place where they do the F1 a couple of weeks okay. ago, Paul Ricard circuit. So even then, the and same announcer as well. Oh, which really? I, I, think, I think Michelle was doing it in the early 90s and I'm sure he was one of the guys doing it there, but that was kind of the coming out party of Christophe. Um, he was 17X. 16, 16 or 17x, he hadn't quite turned superclass, which was the, the pro class at the time. And we'd all seen Christoph at the big European race at Holland a few months earlier, and then the European Championships. Actually, Jamie Staff was the reigning European Championship in that age group, and, and obviously super fast even then. And Jamie wasn't at the race in Holland, but he was at the European Championships, uh, which were in uh, Switzerland. And it was like the Christoph you know, those two races with the Christophe Levesque coming out party. Okay. And he won um, the race in Holland from the back and he flat out beat Jamie and, and everybody in that class pretty easy to be European champion in that. But anyway, then the Worlds a couple months later in Paul yeah. Ricard was the the real, like where the, the Americans came out, you know, there's Brian okay. Foster, David Milham was a big GT guy. And, um, you know, you can go back and look at that on YouTube, the atmosphere, same scale really, just yeah. the, the noise for Christophe when he beat David Milham. And uh, it's, they have always supported their riders, and you see, like, say the stands and stuff. It looked a, it yeah, it looked great to watch. It was super cool because you could hear the the fans like through the live feed, mm -hmm. and you know if you can hear them through the live feed, like when like George would be on the gate or yeah. Sylvain or one of their guys guys or girls would be out front leading a semi or something like that. The crowd just went nuts. So yeah, I bet it was pretty cool and gave kind of the BMXers that little bit of rock star feeling. Absolutely, yeah. Stuff I think they deserve. Yeah, absolutely, yes. yeah. Especially the French guys, you know, in home turf, you know. Yeah, and I, I think BMX has lost a little bit about out of that. Of, of that show side mm -hmm. and it was really cool for them to have and hopefully it kind of hyped the writers and it looked like a really cool event yeah yeah so what um you know i uh, you always put it in 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 when you're racing when you're looking at the rules and what's going on and stuff how they did it over two days i yeah. thought if for me that would have been tough it was yeah, weird yeah. because if you think about it like on the elite women's side mm -hmm. i don't know about like obviously not all the classes but the elite women didn't have quarters so right. if you're a good elite woman 
you qualified first round on the day one, so you do literally one lap and that's it. And then the second day you do two laps, you do a semi and a main. That's tough. Yeah. Well, it's gotta be yeah. hard, especially like you gotta get hyped up and ready to go yeah. for your first lap to be your semi. Mm -hmm. Even for the men, it was quarters. Yeah, so still, and the world is yeah, hot. Super yeah. stacked, super stacked. So you coming in hot for round number one, either top, you're top four or you're done. So kind of an interesting format. I think for me as a rider, I think I would have preferred just to do it one day personally. Yeah, yeah, you kind of need sometimes and we even used to run three motos up to quite a while. I mean, not too long ago, was just running three motos. And I yeah. like that because you needed to kind of ease into the party, right? Worlds did up until very recently. This yeah. might be the first year that it wasn't three motos. Okay. Honest. It was this year or last year. World Cups always did like the single round elimination, or they have for multiple years now. Yeah. But this might have been the first Worlds where it was just single round elimination. right? And then a, a last chance as well, which yeah. I, didn't, I didn't get to see that. But uh, oh, interestingly, they were saying that the Dutch guy, and I'm not even going to try and say his name, that won... Junior, Junior yeah. he came from the last chance. Yeah, and he, I think Simon, 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 I think maybe the same, right? Uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. they didn't yeah. play it. Yeah, so yeah. Even if you had a live feed connection, they didn't play it. Right. Um, I was having trouble pulling up the live timing as well. It wasn't working on the UCI, UCI website for me, so I didn't even see the live timing from that. Yeah. All right. So let's show we start with Elite. Uh, yeah, thoughts? Who maybe, maybe who didn't make it? Some of the guys. Oh, uh, you know what? Like, like I think we talked about on the pre pre-worlds podcast mm -hmm. that class is so stacked nothing would have surprised me yeah you know what i mean like um neek is the man neek could have won just as much as he didn't make it out of the semis mm -hmm. like neither one was a shock and that's not to discredit neek in any way it just shows like how stacked it is mm -hmm. i think some takeaways early on i was surprised corbin didn't make it out of the eight just like laid out the gate right yeah he just popped up instead of out and got swallowed up and didn't make it through mm -hmm. uh romaine he, him and Trey, uh, Kai. sorry, Kai. Yeah, him and Kai got into it out of the. Did first he look turn. like? Did he get freaked out because Kai was in front of him, maybe, or what he I, clipped what, or something? What I gather is he maybe come unclipped, like they bumped right. and he came unclipped yeah. because he was going and then just had to pull his brakes. So yeah. those were a couple that I think would have for sure gone further. Yeah. Other than that, I think through the rounds and stuff, it was pretty like all the top guys kind of made it through like as you expected. You know what I mean? Yeah, as always, worlds. I mean, even quarters are exciting. At worlds, uh, semis, again, like fun just watching the world semis you know dude the semis yeah. were so stacked yeah I mean, it was so unbelievable to watch that one guy that uh um jeremy run yeah i thought he would have made it i think he yeah. had a mistake in the semi i think he yeah. would have been another one that wouldn't have surprised me if he was in there for sure absolutely he's super fast and he's been going really good lately had a good run at the french cup out on that same track the week before yeah so he could have done a little bit damage for sure but one little mistake i mean look at the main event mm -hmm. there was a couple little mistakes that cost certain riders being where they needed to be yeah similar so it's you know, everyone was always Sylvain. Everyone, you know, you pretty much guaranteed a top three, but he really looked like he was the fastest guy going into that main. Dude, I think yeah. I think if people, I mean, Elite Men was so hard to guess who mm. was going to win. Yeah. But I think the internet across the board, if you had to like, okay, gun to your head, pick a bet. Yeah. I think a lot of people would have picked Sylvain. He looked hot all day long. The yeah. day before, his lap times were incredible. He had the inside. Uh, I think at that point, the only one to beat Sylvain was going to beat Sylvain. And yeah. unfortunately, he made that very uncharacteristic mistake. I think he probably wanted it so bad being in his home country. How did he actually crash and did he tangle? It was hard to say. I tried to... I watched yeah. the video and from my understanding, it looked like he just got on the gas too soon over the first jump and mm -hmm. he kind of tagged it. When he tagged it, he was already pedaling. So he went sideways and it was just kind of game over from there. Yeah. Uh, but I, I didn't expect that from that guy. It doesn't happen often, but we all make mistakes, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, and it's, you know, no, no, never really seen Joris, you know, you'd probably know a bit more than me, but I've never really seen Joris hit the gate. No, no. So I don't it know if he got a bit that, amped up or It was what. a mistake that probably yeah. helped him in the long run yeah, considering. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, 
you don't see Joris make mistakes. So he's another one that he's just super good. He makes very, very few mistakes. So yeah, um, yeah he smashed the gate, put him in the back, which ended up helping him out in the long run. And he still looked like his wheel or something got caught up in the Sylvain thing. Yeah. Just enough, to, another thing to mess him up. But then by the end, coming out of turn one, he's in contention again, you Dude, know? Dude, and that's yeah. Joris just doing yeah. Joris things. Like Just he, smart, man. He's so yeah. good and yeah. you can read the pack and understand where yeah. he needs to be. Like, even hitting the gate, he goes, okay, well, I'll go here. I'm going to go here. Yeah. And uh, granted, there's a few little things that happen along the way, but yeah. boom, Joris is on the podium. I think when uh, turn two, and we can we can talk about it from each perspective of those three or four guys, but from Joris, I really, I went back and watched, you know, I went, yeah, you literally have to go back and watch it from each guy. Yeah. You know, because it's that, that much yeah. fun to do that if you dissect it. But I was watching Joris's lap a few more times and uh, second turn when he made that great carve and he went straight into second. I think if it was anybody else but Kai, who was just so goddamn fast in the rhythm. Yeah. Joris could have got into second yeah. and maybe had a run down the last straight, you know, at the no. title, you know. That would have been nice. Anybody else, you know. Yeah. So, I thought, yeah, great great lap from him. And I think it seemed like he seemed pretty stoked as well, right? Yeah, I think he seemed pretty happy. I mean, mm -hmm. you, have to be, you have to be happy being on the podium, especially come to find out nobody knew Joris had a broken shoulder. Yeah, no, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think he probably kept it really quiet. I, it must have been uh, at the European finals where he took that bad crash. Yes. Um, but... Joris had a broken shoulder and his shoulders busted up and he still was one of the fastest dudes, had some fast lap times mm -hmm. and he ended up on the podium. Kai White then, you want to chat a little about his lap? Oh man, we can yeah. talk, we can go yeah, through yeah. them all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. absolutely. Let's go through his. Like, I right. think the dude you called out for a podium mm -hmm. uh, before wouldn't surprise me if he got on the podium and he did. Mm -hmm. a great, great start from the outside, put himself right where he needed to be. Unfortunately, I think his tire slid out of turn one. What do you think? He got on the gas too early? Yeah, maybe. Uh, probably trying to cut a little bit low, got on the gas, because he went in on the inside, so he had to low-low that first turn. Yeah. And just, uh, I don't know, maybe he had bad tire choice on. Who, who yeah. knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it slid a little bit, and I think he lost his momentum. Him being the skill that he had, still was able to get through the pro section pretty good, considering he missed that whole pedal right before it. Mm -hmm. But that definitely, I think, potentially would have cost him the main event. I think if that tire wouldn't have slid, he probably, probably had would've. it. Yeah. Because all he really needed was an elbow in front in turn two, right? Yeah. That's all he needed. Yeah. So it wasn't much. You know, his third and fourth straight were going to be on point. Mm -hmm. He just needed that elbow in turn two, and I think that cost him his momentum going into that second turn. I think what impressed me. I'm a huge fan of Kai. I think you probably heard me talk about him a lot, uh, but I am. Um, what I am super impressed about him is he can make little mistakes. Like I say, his wheel moved, he cases a jump a little bit, but he can get right back on it. And, but you can look at the history of Supercross in the last 10 years. Not most people that make a little case or something, you know, breaks on, ride through the section, or they're just done, they get swallowed up by yeah. the pack. Kai can kind of check up and then get right back in it again. Yeah, you know? that's what it's, I thought was cool. We yeah. saw it uh, not too long ago at the, one of the European races. Mm. Totally casing that jump yeah. and then still going on to do what he did. Yeah. And then that one, he made that little mistake as where you're talking about Romaine mm -hmm. had to pull brakes before. Yeah. Granted, maybe he's on clip, different situation, right? Right. But Kai was able to get back on the gas and still do what he did on the rest of the track. Yeah, very yeah. impressive, very impressive. Um, you had Clarity whole shot. Okay, yeah, yeah, let's talk about Clarity then. Yeah. yeah. And and he used that same, so he obviously had a tactic, him and probably Ali his coach, right? Yeah. He was in lane eight at the French championships and he almost whole shotted that as well if you watch the video from that. So yeah. they'd probably work that out, hammer down the outside and see where you come out the first turn. Well, I think it was in the situation mm. where there's like, there's so much heat on the inside, right? Yeah. Obviously the, the, out, the inside is gonna naturally push into each other, right? They're gonna mm -hmm. be fighting, they're gonna be going into each other. So in that situation, he pulls a, pulls a playbook out of Neek's book and goes, yeah. okay, well, let's let the inside guys battle it out. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna stay clear and I'm gonna get Smooth as well, straight. he was just, just yeah. you know, smooth as silk down the first straight. Absolutely. He yeah. was super low over the first jump killer hole shot and 
was actually leading going into the first turn. Him yeah. and him and Kai were elbow to elbow out of that first turn. I think what rewatching the video, it looked like he overjumped the second pro jump. Yes, yes. But I think uh, if he would have caught backside, it might have been a different him result. Him as well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because all he needed was that little elbow coming from the outside. Mm -hmm. He overshot, and then that allowed to go on our next guy down the list, mm -hmm. Simon. Right, yeah, we'll yeah, We'll talk yeah. about what he did. Well, he said in his, one of his, I, uh, first of all, I don't know too much about him, you know, apart from I know he's good and, and he wears tight stuff. Uh, but <laughs> I listened to some of his stuff. interviews and watching. I like to watch the reaction when they win. And mm -hmm. we talk about the the junior, uh, the under twenty three French guy. That was fun watching him win as well. But I like this uh, Simon. He seems very humble, nice guy, yeah. not cocky, and uh, he just seems like a good guy. You know, he's super yeah. quiet. He's, yeah, 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 he's yeah. been out here a little bit. So I mean, I've mm. chatted with him a few times out here. Very nice guy, but very like to himself does his thing yeah not flashy even on social media probably needs to be a little bit more flashy just yeah. uh, to get that that recognizability yeah but yeah man he just does his does his thing and get it done yeah yeah, yeah. no he, he gets coached by liam phillips and liam's got like a pretty amazing group of talent under his wing so he's doing some really cool stuff clearly on the coaching side because i think they, they called it the metal factory and and those guys just keep pumping out metals so it's fun to watch but uh I think as a group as a whole, they're a pretty quiet, humble group to just go in and get their job done and make it happen. Yeah, but what Simon said in one of his interviews uh, was like he was okay with being on the outside as well, where he knew there was going to be something going on on the inside. Mm -hmm. And I think that was probably his strategy as well, just hammer down the outside and see where you come out the first turn, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then he saw what was going on down the second straightaway, and I think he called it out. He said, yeah, I saw... I saw what they were coming together down the second straight, and he goes, oh, I knew I had this. Yeah, so, yeah. And that's fun as like a racer, is like mm. when you're in the pack, and you know, I'm sure you've been in a situation yeah. where you're like, here's my opportunity, and it's let's like go. And it's like slow motion as well, isn't it? Th those yeah, days yeah. for me didn't happen a ton. Right. But when those moments did, and it's just the world yeah. slowed down, and you see it happening, and you know right where to go, and go, oh, this is really easy. Those guys are going to do this, and I'm going to slip inside mm. and win. Like, it's nothing better for you. I mean, I'm that. sure Joris was, you know, going down that second straight, or is just, is just coming to that second turn. I'm sure he's thinking, oh my God, these guys are all going to hang out, you know, hang out to dry in that next turn. And I'm just, cause, which he did, but obviously yeah. not quite enough. If there'd been a bit more aggression with them three guys, he could have easily come out of that turn in the lead, you know? And Joris is another one where yeah. I think time slows down a little bit more for him than it has for me and other people in the past, where he just sees that stuff and he goes, okay, I need to be here, and then I need to be here, and that's going to put me here. Yeah, yeah. You know? And it's fun to watch those guys that, and that's a skill that I think in BMX, you, can, you can't teach. You can hone it and you mm, can become better at it. Just reading it. But either you have it or you don't. And we've seen other guys in the past who have been the king of practice mm -hmm. and who can always win practice but struggle in the race. Mm -hmm. And then you have your guys that are just always seem to perform at those big events under the pressure and in those race situations. Yeah. And I think like I think it's just their raceability. Yeah. They understand the craft of racing better than most. Mm -hmm. And it's again something that I don't think you can teach. You can just become better at it. Mm -hmm. But either you have it or you don't in some of those situations. Yeah, yeah. I mean you can go back the last ten years of World Cups watching Jar how we would uh, low low the first turns dude his turns, Maris yeah. a bunch of times you know yeah. i've seen so many Sam times Maris, it doesn't matter yeah, who yeah, is yeah. It over the years yeah Joris yeah passed him in a corner yeah yeah no de definitely impressive and what is he like 31 32 now he's got to be yeah i think he yeah he, i think he turned 30 last year maybe i mean yeah. i don't know specifically but yeah i think he might be 31 yeah i i really myself i was starting to write him off not write him off but like okay he's on the downward spiral well, this once year, any but, rider hits 30, right? Yeah. It's just kind of that natural progression. Him and, him and um, Sylvain, yeah, still still winner contenders. Especially, Absolutely. you know, I, I saw even after the little clips and stuff of Saturday seeing Jairus, I'm like, oh man, this guy could, you know, could win this. But you more know? importantly, he yeah. had a second baby, and I know how dang hard that is. Yeah, so yeah, I'm going to yeah. give him credit. Baby number one is way easier compared to when you have two kids. Right. So to be able to have your second child mm. move to another country, like think about what Joris has done this year. He's picked up his whole family, moved it to France, which... 
obviously the better situation, but still an international move. It's just draining moving house. Absolutely. Even in California, even uh, 10 miles down the street. California, yeah, California, yeah, yeah, yeah. California yeah. to France, he yeah. did that move. He had baby He was driving two. to Florida as well, one to a little bit. Yeah, to uh, prepare for the Olympics. It's uh, easier to ride tracks in Florida than it is out here. Yeah. Uh, the, so the stuff that he's done over the last year and to still come out and get a podium mm-hmm. is super impressive. It yeah, just no. shows what a, what a great talent he is. Uh, so now with si- Simon or Simone? I, I think it's Simon. Yeah. Simon, okay. Simon, yeah. With with Simon winning, what will that will that change anything for him? What what what? How do you outlook him then moving forward? I mean, obviously, it's probably going to be some more funding to some degree. I'm yeah. sure he's got some big bonuses that'll come through with what through bike does he even Federation. use? So WeWIS is sponsored. Oh, we still on that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, from my understanding, WeWIS supports the UCI Center and their program. And Simon is under that program. So I have heard in the past that, like, hypothetically, I ride for DK, right? Yeah. If I go to train over there and I be a part of that program, I need to ride a WeWIS. Whether it's exclusively or just during my time at the training camp, yeah. they have that deal set up. So um, hopefully, I mean, hopefully he's the world champ. Hopefully he's getting something from a bike brand that he's riding and representing. So I don't know the specifics, but fingers crossed, I hope he is for the guy. Well, most people from Switzerland come from money, so I don't think, even in history, the Swiss riders never cared too much about sponsors, you know? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like, yeah. I mean, that was like Grouse's yeah. whole thing is he could care, he could care less. He just wanted to be on the best product. Yeah. Whether it was him making it or him riding for it, as long as it's the best product. So I think Simon is probably in the belt of the same shoes as, as David is. So Now, would they, would they have to pay Liam and the UCI Center direct, or would their federations take care of all that for them? How I'm does assuming, it work? So I've seen I'm traveling assuming, together. So. so Liam would be an employee of the UCI Center himself. Yeah. So then people within that program, he would take care of the riders within that program. Mm-hmm. But I don't imagine that they're needing to pay for him separately. Because even when Neek there, he was still part of the UCI Center in their program. Yeah. And they switched. So I actually was in the first ever UCI. I remember. Camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went and lived over there for three months and uh, in the very, very first one. And it was mm-hmm. all focused more on development. That was actually actually why I wasn't allowed to come back is because they said, oh, USA doesn't need development. They have plenty going on, yada, yada, Oh, yada. really? So, oh, this is forever ago. Oh. Yeah, this is back in I remember you being there Her, when the Hervey guy was the, the coach. Yeah, Hervey was the coach. Well, actually, Michelle Lelon, Christoph. Oh, I, wow. I think, Dr. Think, Sauce, the original yeah. Dr. Sauce. Yeah, he was the original yeah, yeah. Dr. Sauce. Yeah. He was the head coach. He was the one who oversaw the program. I remember that now, yeah. And Hervey was the one who did the day-to-day boots on the ground stuff. Yeah. Um, so I was there, and it was all focused on development. Right? It was all South America, uh, Safiso from South Africa. Okay, that's where he came. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. basically, what they did is they went to underprivileged, underprivileged countries, and yeah. they would bring riders there. And then clearly, at some point in time, they switched from underprivileged to high performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Switzerland guys always had access there, just because they're from Switzerland and they want to support their home country. Yeah. So they did with Yvonne Lapras when he was fifteen. Okay, he yeah. was at that camp. Because you two are good buddies, then, weren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. So and that was how I got to know Yvonne and spent some time with. In there yeah um and then so then at some point they switched from kind of development to focusing more on high performance and that's how you have like neek and zoe and simon and all the top riders that they've had there over the last couple of years under Liam. and thomas did it for a few years as well didn't he yeah 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 and then probably like everybody else realized what a pain in the butt it is to work for a national team or federation <laughs> just decided to go make more money on his own yeah <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I don't know. Any anything else on Elite? Just uh, scrolling through the uh, the final list. Uh, Melina rode well. Stay Dude, strong. Yeah. Fourth place. Melina. Yeah. Melina rode well. I was bummed to see Isaac crash, get tangled up because I think Isaac would have done a little bit more damage. Like he's just been on a terror lately, like we talked about before. Yeah. Uh, but 
I mean, you had four French hits. I think my biggest shock is, across the world as a whole, mm-hmm. is actually that French didn't bring home more medals. Right. Uh, that's my only shock. It, and, and that's not to say, I mean, clearly they did great. They had four riders in the Elite Men. I think they had yeah. three in U23. They had two goals. They had a rider in every single main event in that in the finals. Yeah. Uh, but that would have been the only thing. If you would have had to put money, I would have guessed that French would have brought home more medals. Yeah. To be honest, when they started after the junior girl one, and I looked at the gate for the next one, I was like, man... French could actually sweep all the world titles right now, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be a shock. It'd be like, oh, man, that just happened, but it wouldn't have been a shock. Well, I mean, somebody was uh, – I saw a picture of one of um, some of the old school Swiss guys. They were posting stuff and that, and they posted a picture. I think it was Graf, Zoe, Simon, and I think one of the juniors – I think was he a Swiss junior or under 23 that did good as well in girls maybe? Yeah, I think so. Well, half all, in the U23 girls, they were all in red jerseys, so it's hard to figure out who is yeah. Denmark, Switzerland, or Canada. <laughs> yeah, Because yeah. there's like a couple of each. Either though, and I mean, Swiss is, a, is like kind of the new Latvia, right? Dude, Switzerland yeah. killed it. Think yeah, about yeah, yeah. it. Even Zoe, she was 1 100th away from the win. Like, Simon won. Yeah. Zoe was, it was like, whatever their lap times, 31.14 or point, and point one five. Mm-hmm. Like, it was 1 100th difference between her and Felicia. Yeah. Which we can obviously get to elite women, but, like, Switzerland was 1 100th off from winning the two biggest titles yeah, of the year. Yeah, a small country. And I think going from, the, I think Simon's the first ever world championship from Switzerland in BMX. He is, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you almost yeah. had two in the same day from zero to two right, on, right off the bat. I'm sure Graf was, I don't know what their relationship is, but I'm like, Graf's like, oh man, I, he was just so close and always wanted that thing, didn't he? You know, yeah, and just, just absolutely. never quite got it, you know? But him and Simon were yeah. training buddies. Like, okay, they trained yeah, and they, yeah, were, yeah. they were pretty close and traveled together and stuff like that. So yeah. obviously there was a part of him that would have been, man, I wish I could have done it. Yeah. But congratulations to, to, yeah. to my guy who going out, went yeah, over there. Yeah, still did. makes him look good, I'm sure, even though he's, he's not part of the, yeah, he's actually not his coach, you know? So. Yeah, but he's still like, he, he, I'm sure he would manage, help manage it to some extent. He's still yeah. by his side to like lean on him and whatever he needs. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Fair play. All right, let's talk about elite women then. So, yeah, uh, interesting main event. Looked like Post got the snap, it looked like, and maybe Case the first jump. Um, yeah, well, I think a lot of them probably tagged it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. That, that's just in that race situation. I think the, the jump, you saw a lot more girls case it than the guys. I really thought when I was looking at the lineup, I'm like, I think Smolders is going to get this now. And it's I mean, like she didn't really get out, did she? I, I thought Zoe was going to. If yeah. I had to pick, like yeah. she, she was kind of my, my pick in uh, – it was, it was, I think she was, she's kind of, I, in my opinion, probably the future of elite women. Yeah, oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. On an international scale. I think she has, and she's learned from what Smolders has done over the years as mm-hmm. far as track speed. And I think Smolders is going to have a hard time catching her the way Smolders has passed everybody else over the past. I think Zoe just, she was younger watching and go, okay, well, this is what I need to do. This is how I need to ride the track. And uh, I think she's going to I think be she's got a little watching. sister as well that was in junior. Dude, she has yeah. to because yeah. one like goes... And I used to race her dad as well. Like, oh, yeah. that girl looks exactly the same. They yeah. have to be sisters. I yeah. mean, the, the dad, yeah, I raced him in the 80s and 90s. I've, I've spoke about that before. So they're just a BMX. And they used to live across the street from the European round where we'd go and race in Switzerland. So right. they're just a BMX family, you know? Very cool. And that, yeah. So Very Vincent cool. Classen. So yeah, I like what you said on Zoe. I think the next couple of years, she's going to just take off. And yeah, she, I think she's just going to continue to do her thing. And I think yeah. the girls are going to chase her the way they... they been chasing smolders over the last couple of years but i remember zoe uh, i think it was in belgium at the world's like she's like the young girl like jumping the triple and stuff like that and doing things that nobody else can do and yeah she's got some talent on her bike she's tall she's going to be good at backside she can clearly have a good sprint on her so she's i think kind of a lot of the, pa- of the whole package that the girls are going to be chasing down what bike she on same she, wheel wheels whatever yeah i think so yeah but i think she's part of that the uci thing as well yeah yeah so she's part of all that yeah so but Team USA did it. Yeah, we yeah. We got it. 
you guys did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. So thoughts on Felicia? I mean, yeah. that was kind of uh, you know, definitely in the main, maybe a top three, but I wouldn't thought she was going to win. Yeah, well, that, yeah. Felicia's got a backstory, right? She's mm. got that perfect story now because she dislocated her hip at the beginning of the year, so mm -hmm. she battled through injury. She only came back a couple months ago, and we all knew that Felicia had it in her and definitely had the ability to. And uh, even on my pre-podcast, like, well, she's my dark horse for USA that can pull it out and save it for us, which yeah, save it for us as we talked about earlier, <laughs> saved it for our country. She uh, she did it and she got she got the world champs, man. Good, yeah. good for her. Good for her. She and she's very humble and she couldn't quite believe it and she's not cocky. Didn't seem I don't know her that well. Well, I think yeah, it, was, yeah. it was such a close race. Yeah. She probably didn't really know in the heat mm. of the moment. She saw Zoe's tire right there and it was a lunge that nobody knew. And, but I did think that it was pretty cool, like her pure excitement and like no way I can't believe I just did this. Mm -hmm. And then uh, coming coming from a new father, I thought it was super cool that on the podium she's like, "Where's the phone? I need to call my dad." Right, yeah. Like, it just shows the good family. And her dad used to race as well. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, yeah, her yeah. her dad and her like they're yeah. they're super tight. So it was super cool to see her get the win and like I don't know it was it was a fun thing to watch. Yeah. But that doesn't matter if I'm Team USA or whichever jersey she would have been in. Mm -hmm. It was cool just to watch her pure excitement on, to win that Yeah, race. and she said that she'd won a bunch. And, and I read it or something Dude, before. She, she, did. she had like 10 plus yeah. a long time ago, right? She's won so many UCI World Championships as amateur. Yeah. But like the UCI Worlds as an amateur for like USA riders, it wasn't a big thing until a handful of years ago. Yeah. So, But she she would always go, her and like Bradford would always go over there. And okay, Bradford it. won a lot, didn't he? Yeah, 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 Bradford won a ton of Worlds too. So he's not in the mix on anything anymore? No, but I guess, I guess uh, in all fairness, Felicia is a lot younger than, than Bradford is, so she would have gone later. And she, Yeah, I mean, she won a ton of Worlds, so she's got a lot of them, but this is her first... Other than the USA BMX title last year, this is her first big international elite women title. Yeah, fair yeah. play, yeah. Yeah, it was it was good though, man. It was good. She's at a squid, right? Yeah. So John must have been psyched. I'm sure that John had to be pretty humped. Yeah. Humped. Yeah, abso <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. He had to be pretty stoked on that one to, for her to get that her to get that win and it was a pretty good race it was pretty like single file they all kind of did their thing um but it was a good race down the finish line for sure how did your girl delaney semis right yeah delaney didn't make it out of semis i was bummed i would have loved to see her get in the main event and it wasn't to her doing anything wrong it was just semis were stacked she was on the outside and couldn't get over the way she needed to and yeah so yeah. still young though and she's got yeah, time I think th this yeah. is only her second world ever so Papinol was her first one last year, so she's got plenty of time, and I think she'll be in the mix for sure. Yeah. But uh, Elise was in the in there for Team USA. I thought Elise too. did good to say she hadn't raced much this year, and it was probably her first Supercross, I think, in a while. Yeah, so, I don't think she's yeah. raced Supercross in a while. So uh, for her to get in the in the main event, I think I think we expected Elise to get it. The yeah. same way like you put in your post, like Team USA has their certain staple riders. You know, yeah. Obviously, Connor's out, but you're yeah. Connor, Corbin, Elise, yeah. and I would put Felicia in that. Internationally, she's been doing her thing for the last few years. Yeah. Those are like the four riders riders that team usa relies on yeah so i think we all expected at least in felicia to be in that women's po women's main event mm -hmm. and uh but to, for them to finish one and four i think it was good for team usa and obviously great for team switzerland um small one of the smolders girls is always on the podium so yeah we have the other one's kind of just kind of sneaks in there gets some good little spots here and there doesn't she like she, third at the olympics third there she does yeah. she does she always kind of uh it's, it's her, or her sister one of them is always going to seem to kind of find their way on the podium and yeah again two great very humble girls that they go out there and do their thing are they same age as well podium. no uh the Merley, no, mm -hmm. is that her name? I don't know. I don't Merle, want to Merle, Merle. Yeah, yeah. But she she was a little bit younger. Okay. Laura's the older sister. Laura's like thirty, right? She's got to be, yeah, getting close to there, if not there. Yeah, yeah. Fair play to her for being so good still as well, then. Yeah, absolutely. I like the. Um, 
under 23. Oh, my God. Leo. Probably and one of the best. Like, that was an amazing race. I just put a post on, on BMX Weekly today because I, I was I was scrolling through, you know, 15. And apologize for stealing a lot of your pictures this weekend, but you take great shots and you're the only guy that really does good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw the picture of the under 23 mains and it was... Uh, the elbow of Lee, Leo and the guy from Chile. Yeah. And when the gate snapped, I went to like, when the, the Chile guy had the whole shot, Chilean. Yeah. Uh, I wanted him to win so bad and I just wrote about this and posted it because nobody from Chile has won anything since like late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. There was two guys, Jocelyn, Ramon Flo. Sorry if I uh, butchered that, I know I did. And then there's a guy called Daniel Rojas who went head to head with Eric Carter in the late 80s. Good for um, you, I would have never known. Yeah, you guys, are, this no. is for any old school guys listening, but Eric Carter, if you're listening, you know about uh, Rojas. They, they have some epic battles and EC's got some good stories about his, his world championship battles with him. But anyway, nobody from Chile, I don't think, maybe some young kids, yeah. nobody's won anything. So when that guy came out the first turn, I was, I was, I jumped on the bandwagon straight away. I'm like, please win, please win. <laughs> but then the French guy, you cannot not give him credit for the, you know, just the, I saw the, the photo with the elbow and yep. he wanted it so bad. And like, he could have easily crashed, you know? So first yeah. of all, the Chilean guy the, is a big dude. So mm-hmm. it's obviously, so is the guy who won. Yeah. So those were two big boys yeah. who were bumping elbows out there. Yeah. Yeah, they're not small BMXers in any way. Right. But what I love about that race, if you go through and watch it, that move happened realistically on the first pro section jump is where that move happened. The French dude jumped the first one, started to catch up over the second double in the air, looks over to see who's on his inside if mm. he has anybody, skips pedals from jump two to jump three yeah. to make sure that his tire clears, and then as soon as he gets to the turn, just goes straight for that white line and makes the Colombian dude, the little Colombian guy, mm. slam on his brakes, and then those two lock. The Chilean guy obviously is probably caught off guard a little bit because he didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. The French dude is elbow to elbow with yeah. him, starts pedaling <laughs> while they are locked, and they could have easily exploded at any yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And the French dude pulls it off, and unfortunately, the Chilean dude, he, I know, he was, was bummed out. Not uh, even out of metal contention, he was out. Yeah. But man, what a good mm. move and mm. good race. I couldn't imagine the, the hype. I mean, that's why the dude went out there and celebrated. The yeah. Race. He had to feel like a rock star. That was so fun to watch his reaction and just like he couldn't, yeah, going for the crowd and stuff. Yeah, it was rad to watch. It, it was great. And he was definitely living his moment and good on him. He just won the world championship and the biggest stage he might ever win on his lifetime. And that's not to say he won't win in the future. It's just that stage being in your home country, wearing the jersey, massive opportunity for him to win. And uh, it was, that was, in my opinion, like, for sure, probably the race to watch over the weekend. I know, I know it was 4 a.m. and I, I actually woke my kid up yelling because, it was, because I was so pumped Such a that. fan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, France have been so good in the junior men categories in, in history since yeah. the junior men category, you know, went back to Camille Falco. Um, so many French guys have won that mm-hmm. title over the years. And, and I, I was thinking that on the gate, I'm like, this has to be it. And there's a lot of other French, good French guys in that main. The guy that used to be on horror, I'm not going to try and say his name. I think he got, uh, he was European champion this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's on chase, I think now. Yeah, and I, know, go I know back, what you're talking about. Is it a Gobet guy as well that was good? Is it Theo yeah. or something like that? I yeah, it's Chase. Yeah, T, Theo something. Yeah, he, yeah. I think he won junior in Baku. Okay, he'd won a lot of... A Leo guy. He was on Hara, so yeah, you see him on the Instagram. He'd won a lot of amateur world yeah. titles as well. Yeah. yeah, but he was good as well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they had some... Well, that one is, that was U23, not the junior one that those guys were in. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think they had three of them in the main event for that one. And 
dude, that was such a fun race. Yeah, no, good, good props on them. Uh, so Junior was the Dutch guy I'd never heard of ever before. Yeah, yeah no I think idea. No, nobody else did because yeah. he was in the LCQ, like we talked about yeah. earlier. Yeah, he was in the LCQ and then went on to go win the main event. What I was impressed with was Doris Brink's son who got second. Oh, did he? Yeah, so a little, uh, you know, super skinny guy, but good style. And yeah. I, I always, because I, I, I know Doris a long time, uh, Doris, you know, a long time since the 90s and watching, you know, his kid get into BMX and kind of watching him over the years and seeing him in, in, in the junior category now. But yeah, and I, I messaged Doris, uh, Doris after. I'm like, oh man, he was so close to getting it because I know we were so close, but good little style and stuff. Anyway, he got second. He'd won all the qualifying and, and semi cool. and stuff. But yeah, I, I never- Doris in the Masters a couple of times. He's, all, he's a super nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, he trains a lot of people now over there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the guy that won, I'd never, never heard of him. You know, just a big, big, typical big Dutch guy. You know? I love it. He yeah. always threw the Slayer. Every time the camera's on him for semis, all you saw was just the big horns go up. But so were both the Dutch guys. They were throwing horns. They were having a good time out there. Yeah. But yeah, the kid that won had his gold chain on. One from gate eight. He just... Uh, Typical he... Uh, Dutch hair, like great thick hair, like but a mullet <laughs> at the back, you know? <laughs> yeah. He was keeping the gate eight world tradition since Neek didn't make the main event. So right. he, he kept it going and won from lane eight, at least in one of the categories. And what I thought was cool as well was, you know, most people, if you're the reigning world champion and you go out, you just disappear into the into the sunset. Yeah. Um, but Nick's hung out at the finish line and I see him giving, not just obviously Simon that winning, but that junior guy and he was yeah. there for all of them at the finish line, supporting everybody, I think, you know, which He's was probably cool. one of the few dudes that can stay at the finish line yeah. and actually UCI not kick him out. So. Right. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah, I'm like, oh, he must have a, a, a pass, you yeah, know? Yeah, I think yeah. when you win the Olympic gold, you can go stand where you want. Right. So, yeah, everybody, I would have been kicked out if that was me, for oh, sure. Oh, I don't, I wouldn't even got in the area. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but no, I did think it was cool. He was there to make sure to celebrate when his, when his country men and women did their thing, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was good racing, man. It was, it was really exciting, really good, and although it was... It was a pain in the butt to watch here in America, and it was on at 3 a.m. It was it was super fun. Yeah, the whole the whole. Uh, I mean, that's just UCI. You know, they just obviously get money from the networks and stuff yeah. and that. But I think cutting off your core audience, and especially in a niche sport, you know, we are kind of the real only fans, unfortunately. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to change too much, you know. So oh, I think piss. I mean, you saw all the threads on Facebook and that. It was yeah. so many people were upset. You know? It is what it is, yeah. right? Like it's good for the sport and the respect that hey, sell TV rights if it's something that can going to promote our sport and do better. Yeah. But then also like go to your person that you're selling it to and go, mm -hmm. hey, what are you going to charge to broadcast? Oh, you're mm. going to charge a hundred and fifty dollars mm. for one race, like. No, like I, I thought that was a little bit. I would have paid for it. No yeah. questions asked. If it was like twenty bucks, something like that. Yeah, I yeah, me too. Make it easy for everybody. Absolutely. It's here's still like say I'm still texting you Saturday night, ten o'clock. Is this the one? I've yeah. got this one. And here's my credit yeah, card. Yeah. Like, take it. I want to pay. I want to watch my people yeah. support them. It would have been great. Uh, but yeah, that was a, a little bit of a bummer. It was so hard to kind of find something that was reasonably priced to be able to watch it. Yeah. I mean, I woke up with a hundred texts and like, hey, where do I watch it? What do I do? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not the guy. I'm trying yeah. to figure out like everybody else. Yeah. So that was a, a little bit of a bummer to uh, to not be able to watch it. But at least we were able to. Yeah. No. No. So yeah. it was it was good. Good. Good quality feed, and uh, I, I like to scroll around and read what people say and stuff. And that's why I do a few little posts and that to kind of wind it. I don't wind people up, but just kind of, I like, I, I generally like to see what people think about certain subjects and that, you know, not yeah. just my take or your take. It's good to listen to everybody's and sometimes people come up with a perspective like, okay, that, that sounds, yeah, I didn't think of that, you know, so yeah. it's always good around worlds on, on, on social media, listen to what everybody says and that. Uh, next year is going to be in Glasgow, so could be, uh, hopefully if the weather's, yeah, at least decent for that one, but I'm sure it it's could Scotland. be. And it's the world you championships. You better than I do. Well, it's not, not the greatest weather up there. They, they had... Um, the World Cup, the World I think Cup, it yeah. seemed like the weather was okay for that, but I think it was okay but cold. Yeah, it was really cold. Yeah. 
but the next year's World Championships is going to be World Championship for all different disciplines as well. So it could really be a good atmosphere there as well, you know? Yeah, they're going to supposed to have like 13 cycling events or something like that. Yeah. I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Good opportunity for BMX racing to kind of pull for some, from some other things and kind of keep the hype up and stuff like that. And we can share as a cycling community. And I think they're going to have all kinds of freestyle, everything like that. So I'm sure you'll get a little co-mingling of sports where people are coming to watch and hopefully getting like olympic gold medalist like logan martin or something out there checking out the bmx guys or yeah. something like that you saw marvin moose cam was in the house i saw that yeah that's cool yeah he's really they're really good tight friends aren't they yeah, yeah yeah they're good they're good buddies i, I met marvin over at joris's house he's a super nice guy but yeah they're yeah. they're like they're like brothers if you didn't know you wouldn't tell they'd probably be related just two tall they look the same guys. don't they yeah yeah, yeah. they totally <laughs> they totally look like brothers don't they yeah um and then after scotland it is rock hill right i think it's back in america baby Okay, so yeah. the question is, how can America get back on top? You know, we chat about this a lot. Is it certain things, lots of different things? Man, I, th- I think it's a handful. Now, are we yeah. talking amateur ranks, pro ranks? I think my, when I have a little grind in that, I'm not talking too much about the amateur stuff. I'm like current pro and stuff and that. And obviously, yeah. we see the Cedric Cade and the Ava Corley and the Sean Day that all yeah. won. And the potential of them kids, right, coming forward. Well, and I think yeah. I think they they held it down for USA, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but I think with the World Championship, whenever you talk about a foreign, interna- a foreign international event, for Team USA, you're not as amateurs to quickly touch on it. You're going to have, yes, you're going to have your top riders, but you're also going to have your riders that have the ability to get there. Mm-hmm. So that's why maybe the medal count isn't always going to be as big at international events, mm-hmm. where when it's going to be an American in a couple of years, all of our top riders will be there. Yeah. So I'm sure we're going to get a couple more medals there. But yeah, we had our three that kind of did their thing at the last day and made sure we looked really, really good going into the pro races. And I think those three are obviously going to be great talent in the future. Uh, but as far as Team USA as a whole, like I think we talked about on the pre-podcast, mm. I think it was like they're going to be on the outside looking in on this event in some of the key classes. And it's a, it's a handful of things, right? You could talk about, is it the sanctions fault? Is it the USA cycling's fault? Is it whoever's fault? I think collectively as a whole, things w- will need to change if we want to continue to be a dominant on the pro, on the pro stage. Yeah. And that comes from our pro classes, like racing here for being a pro. Pro racing is going down. As much as amateur racing in America is going up, mm-hmm. pro racing is stagnant or going down. Mm-hmm. We don't have the numbers that they get in Europe. We don't have the, the competition that we get in Europe. And that's going to be really harder for us as Americans to kind of compete on a smaller stage and smaller level and then go to those big events when riders in Europe are comfortable racing in a class of 100 riders at a, at a European round. That's mm-hmm. just how many elite men there are. So the field's bigger, the laps are harder, everything's going to be harder. And then so we're going from an easier setup to that. And then absolutely, I think USA Cycling could do more from the development standpoint across the board and make sure that they're funding the right pros, but also the right coaching to make sure that their talent is being developed the way it needs to. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot. I mean, that could be an hour long podcast in itself where we could dissect what would Team USA do. And I mean, what do I know? I'm, I'm on the outside looking in now. I used to have my hat in the ring as far as working for USA Cycling and I don't. All I can do is kind of share my opinions and knowledge and base my opinions off the experience that is that i've had and seen yeah so if if because like i said the real position of coach there isn't one right as we speak today bradford was the last guy that was doing it he's not he's not doing it anymore there's not a coach for team usa now there's a there's a bmx director which is jamie staff he is the director of the program but there's not a coach somebody there's not somebody who is a writing programs for these writers b following up and see, making sure that they're getting together and training the way they need and to. And somebody that they all believe in, right? That's probably the key, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's where you go, okay, let's look at Liam, example. Mm-hmm. We're going to give him because he's probably 
if you put in quotes, the top coach at the moment. He mm-hmm. would be the top guy over the last couple of years, done amazing things. They all believe in Liam. They trust his program. They've seen his results. But you have some of the best riders across the world because he is an international coach mm-hmm. that are training with that guy and setting themselves up for best international success because they're running through high intense, whether it be gates, um, sprints, track efforts. They're running through arguably uh, elite men quarter every time they do each one of those. Yeah, yeah. If if the budget and money was there to get, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you need one coach, two or three coaches. Is that coach here in America, or if they really needed, if they wanted a big a Liam Phillips or what, a Thomas yeah. Halley or whatever, would you have to go out a an Australian guy or a European, or or do you think there is them people here? They're just not involved. Well, I think. Again, coming from USA Cycling, they kind of they kind of pay peanuts yeah. for that position. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to step up and really, yeah, really give some budget and really like find that right person. Yeah, that might be in that might be within USA. Yeah, you might have that coach. You might mm-hmm. have to look internationally. Yeah, but I don't know who that person is. Even if the budget was unlimited, unless you go to one of those big names and go like, hey man. Like, what's your magic number? LEA, Liam, whatever. What's your magic number that's going to move you to America, you and yeah. your entire family? I don't know if there's going to be enough budget for that. No. You know, a guy like LEA. Well, got kids in that now. Yeah, they? a guy yeah. like LEA, like we talked about it. He went with the NGB route. He goes, no, I can't be bothered. I'm just going to po- coach my few private guys and do my thing because I'm more happy and more free that way. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who the coach for Team USA would be moving forward and what the answer to that question is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be, it's going to take, it's going to take a lot of money though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever it is. Uh, especially in this economy. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I know that USC Cycling, they have it. They have the budget. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been on the backsides of what those budgets are and how that money's spent. And it, it definitely, they have it if, it, if, it if they want to. Yeah, interesting. Well, we'll see how things move forward. I'm sure we'll chat about it again moving forward. Yeah. Any, uh, let's wrap it up. Any uh, final thoughts, Tyler? No, man, it was it was a fun one to watch. It was a great day. Uh, I was bummed to see if we could talk about Palmer not getting a race. So it, what was the deal with that then? Yeah, so he, he tested positive for COVID, apparently. Um, but it was, if it's funny to me that how long we are down the line and we're still in this COVID show. So Palmer couldn't race. So he was there in France. He was there in France, tested positive. He could have went, it sat in the bleachers. So here's the thing. They never tested any of the amateurs. They didn't test any of that. They only tested elites, probably just so on paper, they could say that they were, that they were doing their testing, blah, 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 blah. But Palmer could have legitimately went and sat in the stands and watched the whole event live if he wanted to. But he wasn't able to get on the gate and race. Could he go? Just like okay, now you didn't you when COVID first happened, you had to go sit in your hotel for two days, two weeks or something. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. So but, did he have to go to his room, or was he allowed flu, to hang out? The flu's been going on for. Well, that's yeah. the thing is there's there's no there's no set thing anymore. Right. Like, it's like oh, you tested positive, you can't come in the race, and like every day the standard changes on that garbage. <laughs> uh, but but like. I don't know. You could have had the flu three years ago and he would have been on the gate. No problem. It's just because you have something with a C word in front of it, C letter in front of it. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought that was kind of lame though, but it just shows that it's all just, it's all a show, right? Yeah. It was just a show to say, we're testing these people. And we're doing that. And, uh, worlds last year got one of the, the girls from Brazil. She tested positive through the UCI test, went and got a test privately at a doctor in Holland and came back negative and showed her negative tests to the UCI, and they wouldn't allow her to test. They kicked her out and said, no, you can't compete. Even though she had a test the same day, she went and took one, say it's Monday morning. The UCI test Monday morning, it came positive. She went Monday evening and got a negative test, and Tuesday morning and got another negative test, and went to the UCI with two negative tests, and they wouldn't let her back in the event. Unreal. Yeah, so uh, Palmer was the the victim this time around. It sucks, like, whether he would have done 
great or not, we'll never know. But he's just a good dude, and he should have been able to race and get out there and do his it's thing. It's a long way to go to yeah. hear that into yeah. Absolutely, and we'll never know what, what what palm dog and coffee chatter would have been talking about this time <laughs> around. You know what I mean? So I was bummed to, bummed to see him get axed out. But other than that, man, it seemed like a really cool event. It was, it was a good one. All right, cool. Well, thanks for chatting, Tyler. Camp's yeah. about to kick off, and I know you've uh, got some track work to do. Yeah, I've got to, put, I've got to install a new <laughs> fence while you're doing camp, so I'll be, I'll be laying fence posts in. All right, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll catch you all later. See ya. See ya.